Good morning, church. How are you guys? Doing good? Awesome. Well, before I get started this morning, I want to pray with each other again. Um, as I was up here and we're worshiping, I, I, uh, the Lord, I get visions and I hear God's voice a lot. And as I was speaking, I mean, as I was praying and, and lifting up the Lord's this morning, uh, I asked him, because this whole message, this whole month that we've been studying the book of Acts, that I've been here, we've been learning about multiplying and serving one another. And, and as I was lifting the Lord in worship this morning, I, I look to my, my right, and this was next to me. And I, and I said to the Lord, why are you showing me this? Why not like a sword or something, right? <laughs> and he says to me this morning, it's a broom, right? He says, if, if, if you can't understand this, you won't understand why I'm building the church. And to me, it spoke to me because it, it, if we can't sweep, and if we can't serve, and if we can't be next to each other and clean each other's messes, we won't understand the church. We won't understand each other. We won't understand what God is doing in our lives this morning. And so I, as, I, as I was lifting his name, he's like, this is your sword. This is your understanding of what the church is. And I want you to understand that there's an urgency happening in this region. There's an urgency happening in, in my kingdom that people are forgetting what it is to be the church. And so for Amago to be birthed, Within the last two years, it's such a key movement that God is bringing this church together. Where he's raising up leaders. He's going to start raising up people because people need to start seeing what church should look like. Church is not about just worship. Church is not about just a good message. And church is not about just hanging out and being served and, and, and leaving, right? And not being transformed. The opposite thing of that is allowing Jesus to transform you, allowing Jesus to show you who you truly are so you can set others free. This morning, I really want to encourage each other as we go into the scripture this morning in Acts chapter 2, that God is calling us back to that place where we start to build the church again, where we start to look like the church again. Like, we start acting like the church. Our character identity is found in the church, found in Christ. So the joy of the fellowship in the church, that's the title of my message this morning. It's devoted, dedicated, committed to building community because of Jesus. Not because of what I can do for you, but because of what Jesus did for me. As we begin this morning, let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and 47. I'll give you a quick minute to get to, to it in your Bibles. Verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They, were, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. As we think about this passage, what what is God saying? What, What is God saying about the church? What is he teaching us about this church? One thing that we can clearly see is that they were very much devoted. They were devoted. But how does that devotion happen? It didn't just happen because it's a feel-good message and everybody was sharing. It wasn't because somebody had the best peach cobbler there, right? And they loved it so much that they continued to hang out. It wasn't because of that. And I say that because... My wife cooks the best peach cobbler, and Thanksgiving's right around the corner, and I'm super excited for this thing to happen because I've been craving peach cobbler, and I only get it once a year, and, and, it, and it's coming for me. So it, it wasn't because of that. It wasn't because of that. It, it was because something happened inside of these men and women. Something happened inside of them that changed them. They encountered something. If we go look before that passage, we look in verse 41, we start to see that they were actually shocked because they start realizing that they just crucified the Messiah. They just crucified the Messiah because of their sin. They, they crucified their, the Messiah because of their pride. But how many of us are super excited that God always has a plan before we have our plans? Right? We may have our plans all set, but God has the main plan, the blueprint that we need. So these men, they were, they were heartbroken for the fact that they had just crucified the person that they've been waiting for, their Savior, their Messiah. But through this community... This gathering, these men's hope was restored. That God promised, Jesus promised to them, he said, as you gather together, I will pour out my spirit into you guys. That even though you, yeah, you crucified me, I still, my plan is bigger than your plan. So this morning I want to encourage you that we may have our own agendas this morning, why we're here. Maybe we're here because we want to network. Maybe we're here because we want to be somebody or we were looking for, for a, a good place to be. But I want to remind you, we gather because Jesus died for us. We gather because Jesus died for us. We, die, we, we gather because Jesus died for us. Plain and simple. No other agendas. We worship here because Jesus died for us. He died for us. This passage is teaching us on the birth of the church. There's an urgency, like I said in the beginning of the message, in this region. People are dying everywhere. Not physically, emotionally, spiritually. They're dying in so many different ways. Recently, just this week, there was a student that we few of my coworkers and I were working with um, like two years ago. And we actually had a conversation about church. And he was 
not having it. He was just like, church is just this and church is just that. And didn't really believe in Jesus. So he ended up creating his own religion. He started creating his own thoughts of who God could be because of, of the world had maybe broke his heart. Maybe people misled him. So he starts thinking and creating his own ideas of who God is. And this young man is, is dealing with so many de- demons. He's dealing with just temptations of being a gang member, uh, different temptations of being somebody in the streets. And Wednesday of this, after, this, this week, I, we just got word that he, he actually got shot down here in Visaya. So he's a student that li- we work with in Tulare, but he died in Visaya. And why do I share this with you? Because you're located here in where? Visalia. God is raising up this church because people are dying in Visalia. Let's say it together. Visalia. Right? And if we don't understand why God is building this church, we're not going to be able to reach the people out there. There's a reason why God is putting people together in this place. Why he's teaching you how to, again, serve one another. Because if you can't serve one another, when people come in with their mess, you're not going to be able to serve them. And so God is showing us in Acts as, as they broke bread and they became devoted to one another. And they, they were devoted to their, the teachings of the apostles. That the Bible says that they were in awe when they started seeing miracle signs and wonders. Why were they? I, I, when I read that scripture, I don't think that they were all so just because of the miracle signs and wonders. I was, I'm thinking that they encountered Jesus. It's not just the signs and wonders that I'm here for. I'm here because I'm here because of the person that causes the miracle signs and wonders. Amen? They were encountered by Jesus. That's what transformed them. So what does that mean for us? That if, if, we're, not, if we're not being encountered by Jesus on a daily basis, how can people see the gospel in us? There's an urgency happening in the church right now. God is, is ready to birth something in this, in this area. And just like you would give a physical birth, there's growing pains. There's growing pains. And what do I mean by that? We got to get out of our comfort zone. We got to get out of that place where we feel comfortable. Right? We got to get out of that comfort place, that, that place where we feel like everybody owes something to me. We got to get to a place where we, we, we come to church, where we come to, to our job, when we go anywhere, we go to our families and we learn to serve each other. I'm a basketball coach. One of the things that I, my, my wife loves about me coaching basketball is that I get home and actually wash the dishes. And so when I wash the dishes, She's happy, right? So I wash the dishes because I realize that I'm gone all day, right? And she needs help. So I come home, wash the dishes, and she's happy. And so I've learned that as I serve my wife, right, I also empower 
her and she empowers me to do what I do best. Right? So simple, right? So again, this passage is teaching us about the birth of the church. Pastor Carlos has been talking about multiplying. How can we multiply who we are in other people? First, we have to realize who Jesus is in us. Because we don't want to multiply who we are in other people. We want to multiply Jesus in other people. Amen? So teachings, being devoted to the teachings. If we can learn anything of the church is that they were devoted and dedicated and they, were commi- they communicated the teachings with one another. Luke, the author of Acts, tells us three important things. The church is devoted to the apostles' teachings. They were devoted to God's word, to right, reaching of doc- right teaching of doctrine, of being taught, to growing and maturing, and being led by God's teaching. We hold Bible studies here. This is a place where we, we have prayer, Bible study, we have men's Bible study, we have women's Bible study, we have children's ministry growing right now, we have youth ministry growing, we have a young adults ministry that's growing. We're hosting all these things not for the hopes that we're trying to build a congregation full of people, but because we're trying to build mature Christians that are eventually going to go out and become the church wherever they go. And so why do we encourage people to go visit or or come and bring people to visit here? Because we want to gather people to build them up, to send them out when they're mature. So if you feel like you're ready to go, I would ask you, are you mature enough to go yet? If you don't know how to serve yet, you're probably not ready. Maybe you need to spend some time serving a little bit more. Because if we feel like everybody owes us something... We're not going to be able to do what God wants us to do. I think one of the things that I felt like Carlos and I, Pastor Carlos and I have spoken about is that the church needs to get away from being um, a consumer. What do I mean by that? Right? A consumer is, what can I get out of it? These men in this Bible, they realize that they just killed Jesus. They murdered Jesus, and God still forgave them. He promised the Holy Spirit to them and empowered them. So there's something that happened inside of them that their pride was minimized. They encountered God. They realized that something inside of them, where they want to go, they can't go alone. That God has to take them. And so wherever we're going today as a church, we can't go alone. We need to go with God. Wherever this church is going to go, we cannot go alone. We have to know that God is taking us there. So if we're not devoted to the teachings, we don't understand how to become a mature Christian. Some of the biggest churches in this area have the best worship experiences, but they're not teaching the Scripture. So they're just gathering people for a big concert, and they're misleading people because they're not maturing and producing mature Christians. I am firmly, I'm a firm believer that if we had a lot of mature Christians in our communities, our communities wouldn't be dealing with the things that we are dealing with today. If we, would stick, if we would think outside of just our little church and we would start being the church out there, wherever we work at, wherever we serve, wherever we go to school... If we go to the restaurant, how we treat our waiters, 
we'd be in a lot better place today. Amen? So we see that the apostles devoted themselves to the teachings because they understood that it's not because of them. It's because of the word that they became mature. So they understood that as they learned the word, they, they taught the word, they exercised the word. Miracle signs and wonders started happening in their own lives. And so they started creating fellowship. And second, we read that the church was devoted to fellowship. In verse 44 and 45, the context goes back to fellowship. Being devoted to fellowship is being devoted to community, life together, supporting and encouraging each other as fam- the family of God. Fellowship, community. They were devoted to the teachings and, let's say it together, fellowship. If we're scared of fellowship, if you've ever been hurt by a church or a person that called themselves Christian, I want to take this time to apologize. Because church is messy. And any pastor that's been pastoring for a long time will can tell you that being in relationship and being in community is not easy. We come in with mess, and we have to learn how to deal with mess. Who has a perfect family? None of us do, right? I'm pretty sure none of us do. If you do, I want to know what you're doing right. Right? And I'll have my kids marry your kids, and we can create a whole new generation of perfect family members. There's no perfect family. And so we have to realize that as we learn to build community and we become devoted to the, the, the scripture, we have to speak the truth and teachings into our relationships. We ha- if you don't have people that are going to keep you accountable, if you don't have people that are going to speak life into you and to tell you no when you need to hear no, then you're in a- those friends are probably not good friends for you. Amen? You, you need people that are godly people in your life that are going to call the things that God calls into your life. People that don't see you for your mess, but see you for who you're going to be. Because these men, they understood. They, they, they did the worst thing impossible. They just killed the Messiah that they've been praying for and hoping for. And Scripture is showing us. They understood. They understood that they just killed the Messiah. And it's not, we can't do it anymore. We can't do it alone. We just messed up. We just blew up the building. But there's hope in Jesus. There's hope in Jesus to be able to build community. Maybe the church hurt you one day, but there's hope in Jesus. Maybe the church hurt you one day, but there is hope in Jesus. Maybe a church that you attended before was messy, but there's hope in Jesus. And in Jesus, we find true restoration. And and, in Jesus, we find true community. Why Jesus focuses in community so much is he understands that people out there are desiring a unity. They're desiring health. They're desiring relationship. They want to go deeper in relationships, but they can't because they don't trust no one out there. 
But if they can't trust us here, how can we have them and share the gospel with them? This morning, I want to encourage you that these, these, these apostles, they, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Being devoted to fellowship is being devoted to community. Life together, supporting, encouraging each other as the family of God. I have stories. I've been around church for a long time um, of being hurt by churches and not, not, not people believing in our calling as pastors. And, and as we were preparing for this message, uh, my wife and I, it's been a crazy week. Let me tell you, when you, when you step yourself into a, a, the lion's den, the enemy tries to attack you so much that you only have to rely on Jesus to get over it. And as I was preparing for this message, God returned my thoughts back to Brandon and I are planting a church in Tulare because there's a need in Tulare. There's a need in Tulare. There's a need in Tulare because there's a lack of relationship building. There's a lack of healthy community. There's a lack of teaching of, of the gospel in our community. And so we decided, we've been devoted the last few months, almost our lives since we've been married, really. I say last few months because we've been in our internship, but we've been doing this for a long time um, to plant a church in Tulare. And we were planting a church because we realized, one, there's people that have been hurt by churches. We want to equip them and bring them back to health and send them out. Two, be, there's people that are lost that don't know Jesus. In my community today, there are 63,000 people in Tulare. 10,000 of those people go to church. 10,000 of those, or about 3,000 of those are probably Catholic. So that leaves about a good 7,000 that are Christian. But overall, there's about 10,000 people that believe in Jesus. So if there's 63,000 and only 10,000 believe in Jesus, there's about what? 53,000 that don't know Jesus at all in our city. How do I know this data? Because I'm falling in love with my community. I understand that my community needs Jesus. And so our goal as a, as a couple, as a, as a married couple in our family, we've decided, we've been devoted, we're, we're committed to seeing the church rise up in our community. Why do I share this with you today? Is because people are dying in Visaya, people are suffering in Visaya, there's depression, there's oppression, there's many things that are happening in your community. Why, are we, why am I sharing that this morning? Because we cannot be blind to those things. We cannot say, oh, well, we're cool and everybody else is dying. If there's not an urgency jumping inside of you this morning, I pray that you wake up, that your faith start to rise up this morning. There has to be an urgency happening in your, inside of you. Church has to be more than just coming to a worship experience. It has to be more than that. That not, should not be your motivation. Your motivation should be Jesus and being, teaching and preaching the word of God in our communities that need to know who Jesus is. Amen? It's kind of quiet. <laughs> I haven't preached in like a very long time, so you're probably going to, yeah, it's been a while. 
verse 42. That the early church was devoted to the breaking of bread and prayer. This is the reference of the Lord's table, which is, was celebrated as part of as a large community meal. The focus was gathering together, observing the Lord's Supper, worshiping and singing and giving thanks. The breaking of bread. Breaking of bread is a sign of giving thanks. If we haven't gave thanks to Jesus in a very long time, I encourage you to go home. Spend time with him. Give him thanks for the things that he's given you. You devote yourself to the word. You devote yourself to community, and you, you devote yourself to giving God thanks for the things that you have. Because us, if we were the city of Tulare, we would be those 10,000 people that we were blessed enough to be able to receive the gospel in our own lives, in our own homes. In Visaya, you are blessed to be able to hear God's word being taught. Because in other places, you wouldn't be able to do this. In other countries, you wouldn't be able to do this. To worship God freely, spirit and truth. You wouldn't be able to do this. Teaching a fellowship and breaking bread and teaching sound doctrine, they're all the foundations of the church. If we want to be the church, and I mean we because we're not a building, we're the church, we have to devote ourselves to the teachings, we have to devote ourselves to the community, and we have to devote ourselves to breaking of bread, of giving thanks to God. These are the foundation, these are the things that you need to put foundation in your own lives. For us as a Mago, if you haven't been on a Tuesday night, I start encouraging that you start showing up on a Tuesday night. Because since I've been here, we've been growing and growing and growing and growing. Our Bible studies have been growing and growing and growing because there's teaching, there's community. Right? And there's breaking of bread. True relationship, true community, true teaching of the word of God is happening here. Why I'm sharing that with you is that you belong to this church. If you're visiting, you're in a good place. I've only been here for two months, and I can tell you you're in a good place. Because I'm starting to see the things that God is talking about in Scripture being put in place here. Galatians 2, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If we can't carry each other's burdens, it's, it's going to be a hard road. God calls us to be able to carry each other's burdens. And how can we do that? By being devoted to the teachings of God, by being devoted to community, and by, by giving thanks. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, Paul says, Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation 
of the truth. Beyond all questions, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. Paul's saying, apostles, Paul's saying, if we don't do this, the world is going to be in trouble. If we don't start establishing the church for who it should be, the world is going to be in trouble. Paul is urging us to gather. Paul is urging us to break bread. Paul is urging us to teach the word. Because he understands that as we gather and we teach and we devote and we communicate and we build community, things start to build up. Relationships start to start healing itself because we're preaching the gospel into those relationships. If you need godly relationships, you need to come to a place like this to find those godly relationships to keep you accountable. You need people that are going to speak the gospel into your life when you need it the most, not people that are going to gossip about you. You don't need people that are going to they're going to bring you or bring you down, right? Or if you're in in a family emergency, you don't need somebody that's going to say, hey, where, where are they at so I can go deal with them? You don't need that right now. I don't need, like, if I have issues at home, I don't need somebody, well, I'm going to go talk, I'm gonna, I'll go talk to your wife today. I'll deal with her. I don't need that right now. I don't need somebody to speak the truth of God in my life. As a husband, as a father, they're going to speak the truth into my life so I can stand up in my rightful position as a man of God. Right? Church is so long right now has been, become so much of a, a gossip place where we hang out and we, we think we're in godly relationships, but we're really not. That's not community. True community is when people teach the word of God and they speak the word of God and they speak into you and they see you for who you're going to be, not for who you are. Today I'm speaking to somebody. If you feel like you can't go any further, start meeting. Ask God to bring someone that is godly into your life, that are going, is going to speak into your life. And when they start speaking into your life and start mentoring you and start walking with you, don't push them away. Don't be afraid. Let's not be afraid anymore. Let's not be afraid of what God can do through community. Psalm 133 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head and running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is, it, it is as if dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, where there is the Lord bestows his blessing and even life furthermore. Psalm 133 is saying, how beautiful it is when they gather together. That God commands. It's rare that it says in Scripture that God will command a blessing. But he's saying in here, it says, when we people gather themselves, that he commands a blessing. So why am I encouraging you for a Mongol church? Where are we going as a church, right? That's what we're probably asking each other this morning. That's why I want you guys to ask, where are you guys going? Because I, I, I'm a firm believer that if we're just gathering together just to build another church, then we're doing it wrong. 
if we're building a church just to look like the churches around us, then we're doing it wrong. We're gathering because we want to be devoted, committed, dedicated to building the body of Christ. We want to see people transformed, healed. And God, the beautiful thing that Scripture is saying is that as we gather, God will command a blessing in your life. Yeah, you may be struggling today. Maybe you've been looking for some, some kind of a sign of what God is wanting to do in your life. Continue to gather together because God will command a blessing in your life. As you gather together, God will command a blessing in your life. This is God's character. He understands it. So what did we just read? How, does this church ref- how did this church in Scripture and Acts reflect the church of Amago? How does the church of Acts 2 reflect Amago, right? What is calling, why is, does God call us to be in fellowship? How can we respond to our relationships today? When we are with people at work, at school, how can we respond differently? How can we respond to our family members that we don't want to talk to? How can we respond to them? By learning the word, speaking the word, inviting them to fellowship, and then breaking bread with them. Bringing them into a place of restoration and healing. We need to bring others into relationship. We can't be afraid of our past. We need to learn how to build healthy relationships that will lead to discipleship. If we're afraid of building relationships because of our past, or because of what people may think of us, or it's hard to trust people, don't allow the enemy to try to make you think that. Because we should not live in fear. We should live in courage and boldness. God has called us to build relationship. God has called us to build that community because people desire to see community. Why is relationship God's focus? Because he wants us to multiply himself and other people. Does that make sense? And I, it's hard for me. It's like, why do you want to multiply me and someone else? I think that, right? I think, I go home and I start thinking, why does God want to multiply who I am and someone else? And then God speaks to me and says, you, I don't want to multiply you. I want to multiply me, me that is in you and other people. So it's, okay, if we're afraid of building relationships, it's not out of your power or your will or your strength. It's through the power of God that you will learn how to build relationships again. God was really, he's willing and ready to build the church, but we have to step into that position to be able to build that church. He wants to teach us. He wants to show us to trust him, that it's not by your power or by your wisdom. It's by Jesus. And only Jesus. Only Jesus. 
this church that we call, right, the way we see, the only way we're going to build this is because of Jesus. God wants to change hearts. He wants people to come back to him. And he's going to use you. He's going to use you, all of you, to bring people to his presence, to usher in his kingdom. I want to show you guys something. Um, again, I, I, as I was thinking of how to share this message with you guys, I, I, uh, I went back to my roots and figured out, like, okay, why am I even planting a church in Tulare? Why am I focused in Tulare? And I want to show you this. Can we play this? Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted on the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. The city of Tulare is a beautiful place with a rich history of amazing leaders. Today, the need for leadership wouldn't be more evident in our community. Standing on the word of God and empowered by his Holy Spirit, we can walk together into a new whole season. We want to take back the city, the county, and this nation from the evil strongholds that have them hostage. The mandate we have is to teach new and old believers how to worship God in spirit and in truth. We want to create a multi-generational culture where age difference would not hinder the vision, but our different perspectives would complement each other, that both the young and the old could come together to pursue the presence of God until Tulare knows the good news of Jesus. want to leave a legacy for the generations to come that will not be divided by social status, color of skin, or background. A legacy of unity. Let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We believe there is something special coming to the city, to this county, and to this nation. God has called us to be devoted, committed, and dedicated to building his church. And again, if we don't know how to serve, it's going to be hard for us to understand the concept of why God is building this church. Um, for us, we've been devoted to this, this journey the last three or four years, and we've been seeing miracle signs and wonders in people's lives. Um, We've mentored and walked with many different students and many different adults. And even through our own mess and our own family and our own mess, God still chose to use us. 
And I share this with you because I have mess. Our family has a mess. But he still desires to use us. And so if he can use us, he can use you. If he can use the men that crucified him, that killed him, he can use you and I. His plans are greater than our plans. And he sees far farther than we can ever see. So if you feel like you can't step into a role of leadership, or if you feel like you can't step in and share the gospel with someone that knows who you are, it's not because of who you are, it's because of Jesus in you. So how can we preach the gospel to those that know us and really know us, right? Who know us, like who know us, right? I hurt my back doing that. (laughs) Who really know us? It's not because of you. It's because of Jesus in you. So if there's a transformation happening, let the world see who, who God is doing, what God is doing in your life. So I end with this. It's not at our own strength and power, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come together and build community. Jesus inside of us calls us into go, into go deeper, into deeper waters. Deeper waters. We didn't even think of that playlist today, but it's deeper waters. He calls us to deeper waters. Amen? Let me pray for you guys. If we can get our worship team up. Can we stand? You've all been called into a place of mission. You've all been called to a place of, into many different places in your workforce, uh, in your families, in your neighborhoods. That if you start to devote yourself to the word of God, and you start devoting yourself to community, and you start devoting yourself to breaking bread and giving thanks to God for what he's done in your life, God will see things and do things in your life that you would never, ever dream of. You will go places that you would never even think of. You will speak to people that you would never even think you could ever speak to. And our communities will be transformed. Our churches would look a lot different. Our youth would have hope. So, Father, I want to thank you this morning, Lord. Father, I ask this morning that you, Lord, uh, awaken in us, Lord. I pray for our faith to rise this morning, Lord. I just continue to hear that, Lord, that our faith to rise, Lord, that it's not because of who we are, but because of who you are in us, Lord. And I ask, Father, for those, Lord, those people that feel like their bones are dead, that their spirit is dead, that they can't go any further, Lord. I pray that you show them that it's through you, Lord, not through their own strength, Father. That this church will be built, Lord, because of who you are in them. So this morning, Father, I I, I just pray for this congregation of Imago, Lord, that that they will devote themselves to the teaching and the word of God. They will teach, they will be devoted and dedicated to the the fellowship and community, Lord, that is being built here, Lord. That they'll be committed and, and devoted to breaking bread together, Lord, and giving thanks to who you are, Lord, in our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for seeing us for who we're going to be, not for who we are, Lord. 
we thank you for your mercy and grace, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and grace that is found in Jesus. We honor you this morning. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. In this region, we ask, Lord, that your spirit pour out. Your spirit pour out in every school, in every job, every business, Lord. Every place, Lord. Until Visalia and Tulare and Tulare County will worship you in spirit and truth. Pour out your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.